Okay, we're back. It's been one week since our last episode. I'm here with Derek. Derek, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, we have Red Sox news to talk about. That's always nice. Um, you can't complain about that. Um, yes, Liam Hendricks <laughs> signs a two-year, $10 million deal with a mutual option for 2026. And for those of you who don't know, Hendricks only had five uh, games last year after coming back from his chemotherapy and immediately needed Tommy John. Very unfortunate. But I like this signing. I'm also kind of confused. Um, Derek, where do you stand on this, I guess? Um, I... I, I... I like the signing. I think, I, I mean, I'm cool with it. I, I feel like their bullpen next year is going to be crazy because you got Fulmer and Liam Hendricks both, you know, coming back and ready for next year. Um, Hendricks will likely, well, they're hoping will be ready for that sometime this year. They're not banking on it, but they do expect it. But I, I mean, I like Liam Hendricks a lot. I like him a lot. Um, seems like a great guy. Uh, you know, Australian, so that's gonna be a fun accent to get to hear. Um, once he gets healthy and is playing, uh, but o- overall, it's it's weird. It's I feel like it's also weird because we're like, oh, we want the Red Sox to spend money and whatnot, and now they spend like a little bit of money, and people are like, well, the guy's injured. It's like, so it is kind of that weird thing. Obviously, he does replace Schreiber on the forty-man roster as Schreiber got traded. Uh, that's another thing where, you know, I think we can, the two of us can agree that we're fine with the Schreiber trade where I think we kind of like it more than anything else. Um, but it is, you know, getting Hendricks in, it's obviously they're going to have a lot of guys in the bullpen competing for spots. Obviously Hendricks won't be at the start of the season due to the Tommy John surgery, but there are a lot of guys in this bullpen and a lot of guys who are going to be fighting for those last bullpen spots in spring training. Right. Well, we'll talk bullpen for a second. I mean, I think Schreiber, in a sense, is replaceable. Some of the guys, like you got Isaiah Campbell, and quick plug, we talked about this on Off the Monster last night, so go check that out if you haven't already um, for the three people watching this. Um, um, you, you, know, you have Isaiah Campbell, you have Greg Weiser, um, Brian Mata has no options, so he's going to have to make the team, but he's probably going to have to He's probably going to end up the on the beginning of the season on the IL somehow. Um, that's Justin no, Slayton's a Rule Five guy. Justin Slayton's a Rule Five guy. Who else am I missing? Chris yeah, Murphy yeah, was Cooper, pretty solid. Yeah, Chris Murphy, Brandon Walter, Cooper Criswell. Um, although they are stretching him out, but I think he'll end up fighting for a bullpen spot long run. We also have uh, Zach Kelly. Joe Jakes is still on the forty-man roster, so you still have to consider him. And then. I'm not saying these guys are necessarily going to start the year in the big leagues, but like keep an eye out for a guy like a Luis Guerrero, for example, or Lucas uh, Lukey, um, you know, guys Lickie, like yeah. Lukey, whatever the hell his name is, Justin Hagen, man, like the, those kind of Melvin Adon, who's a guy they brought in in free agency uh, who worked with um, uh, Bailey and San Fran. And then you have guys like you do still have, you know, then you have your kind of like sneaky guys where it's like, Probably not this year in the bullpen, but like your Christopher Troy's, your Alex Hoppies, who does actually have a non-roster invite to spring training. Guys in like that kind of like double-A pitcher um, who kind of makes sense uh, for like bullpen competition. Maybe not the start of this year, but maybe towards like late this year, maybe into next spring, yeah, next year's spring training. And their bullpen, they're set in terms of bullpen because you look at the guy, like they let Ryan Fernandez go in the Rule 5 draft. And he ended up with the Cardinals, but like you still look at the reliever depth. It's like don't have Ryan Fernandez. It's like it, I feel honestly. I look and I'm going, am I missing him that much? Like because there's so many guys. Drohan. Well, yeah, that too. Although if Drohan was still in the Red Sox system, I think he'd be starting in AAA this year, not coming out of the bullpen. But yeah, that's another guy that they lost. I mean, it sucks, but. I see off topic. I see Fernandez coming back. I'm not so sure of Drohan. He'll probably make it, um, but it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to yeah. be a battle, and it's going to be a battle in spring training for all it's worth. And I don't know. We have our first game on Friday, or I should say, the Red Sox play their first game on Friday against the Northeastern 
team for the what? Well, I don't know what the, do they is there a specific name for the game or they just call it. I have no um, clue. Although, although, uh, although, I will say I do, I do agree with you that in terms of like I think Ryan Fernandez very well could be coming back, um, but still, like, yeah, I don't think Johan is. I mean, what? It's the White Sox; they'll find a spot for him. They have nobody. They traded like they have they Garrett traded all their good player, Garrett uh, Crochet, but he can't stay uh, healthy. He can't stay healthy. Uh they traded Aaron Bummer. Yeah. Um, what Kopech? But he's gonna start probably. Yeah, he's a starter, and like he can't stay healthy either. Nope. They have mustache. He's a starter. Yeah, but like, yeah, but still, like, yeah, they don't have a lot of great players on the team. I mean, yeah, Yoan Moncada, Yippee Kai Hey. Oh my God, that's they dodged. Red Sox dodged they... a little bit of a bullet in trading him. But we got Romy Gonzalez, so we're fine. Yeah. And he has minor league options, unlike Pablo um, Pablo Reyes, which makes me think there's, think there's a chance Pablo Reyes doesn't make the roster. Ooh, that's that's a that's a take. Um, well, I'm not saying know. I'm not saying he's going to not make the roster, but it makes me believe that there's a chance that he doesn't make the roster because Gonzalez has options and Reyes doesn't. If Reyes was going to make the roster, there's no point in getting Gonzalez because then he's just going to sit in AAA like the whole time. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I don't know how this roster is going to shape up, but I, I, I I'm going to keep. I keep alluding to this point where he, they're probably going to stash. They're going to stash guys like Chris Well, and they're going to stash guys like um, maybe Walter, and guys who yeah, have options. Guys who have options. I think there there are more guys who can make spot starts in Triple A now. Yes, that's, definitely. That's the biggest part. And then you have other guys on minor league deals like uh, Roberto Perez, um, the the guy from St. Louis, Kilsbury. Where I what the what's his name? Um, I think Jake O'Donnell will be proud if you pronounce his name. Oh God, I don't. Um, what the catcher? Yes, the catcher. It's not, it wasn't for St. Louis. He played. He was with Minnesota last year. Um, Come on, Fangraphs. Kalasvar. Oh no, his name. I hope he doesn't make the roster just so I don't have to say his name. No offense. <laughs> no, I hope he makes the minor league because then you're. Well, gonna yeah, have to say but it. like, no, you're I know because I the won't minor say league it. show. No, because I won't say it. I'll let the other guys say it. I ain't gonna say it. I'll talk about someone else. I'll talk about Alan Castro for no reason again. They also have what? Tyler Heineman. Uh, I think, yeah, Heineman, I think it is. He has an option. Yeah. Um, So Roberto, yeah, he's on the 40 man. Heineman is. Yeah, I'm looking at the non roster invites Steven Scott. Yeah. Nathan Hickey. But he'll probably, he might be in double. Eh, Maybe he'll try to do triple A. It depends. Um, yeah, Yeah, Nick York. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, kind of depth. Jamie Webster's depth. There are a couple. What Steven Scott was a what minor league rule five guy. Um, what no. how what's the difference between? I mean, I know the difference between major and minor, but like, what's like so special about the minor league rule five draft? And like, do that, they, have to, they like, don't have to be in the big leagues if you draft them. But I think it's like there's different players. I think it's like players. I don't know how you're eligible for the minor league rule five draft because it's different than like the major league. But it might be something like. If you've been in the minor leagues, like or what, there's some sort of you know, but because like for example, uh, like Ryan Fernandez, for example, was Rule Five eligible and the Cardinals picked him, but let's just right. say no one would have picked him, right, or any other Rule Five, he still wouldn't have been eligible for the minor league portion of it. Would or would not have? He would not have. Right, and like for the minor league Rule Five draft, is there is there a chance? Does he have to be on the minor league roster? I mean, a minor league roster. Okay. One of your minor. But, like, he doesn't have to, like, he doesn't have to be on the big league roster. doesn't need to be put on the 40-man. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Look at these non-roster. So. Yeah. Oh. Some of these prospects are funny. I like Midroth getting a non-roster invite. I think that's an interesting Mm -hmm. one. Now, he's obviously not going to make the roster, but it's a fun one. Um, 
Uh, how Chris Oliveira, Oliveira's got a yep. non-roster invite, which I thought was interesting considering the fact that he's only 23. Uh, and he only has pitched in high A. You know, I Can't found that to be interesting. Frank Herman. I mean, that's not shocking. Herman was a Rule 5 guy with the Orioles. A couple, they they uh, he they lost him to the Rule 5 for the Orioles, but then he didn't make the roster, so he came back. Um, yeah, Luis Guerrero got a non-roster invite. I think Guerrero's the one to really watch. Not because I think he'll necessarily make the roster, but when you look at his year last year, uh, Luis Guerrero, obviously he was in the Futures game. Great story. Uh, but So he started last year in double-A. Uh, 49 and two-thirds innings, had 18 saves, a 181 ERA, uh, 28% K rate. Now, 14% walk rate. Walks, you know, can be an issue with him at times. Uh, and then he, when he went to AAA, he only pitched in, you know, six games in AAA, four and two-thirds. Struggled a bit, especially with walks, 28% walk rate in those six appearances. Um, but it, it's a really, really small sample size there. But I think he's a name to watch just because – I don't think he makes a roster out of big out of camp, but I mm-hmm. would not be shocked if he has a really good spring training and is one of those guys where if they need to call up a reliever, especially if they have an open forty man spot, like don't be shocked if he's especially if he has start has a good year in AAA because that's that's yeah. a guy who I'm not going to say he's going to be like the next closer for the Red Sox, but like I could definitely see him being a backhand arm. I you have a lot of depth. That's why they're probably comfortable. You texted me too. I want to just allude to this. They have a lot of what we talked about, replaceable guys, right? The big thing is there are guys to look out for in spring training. The lack of lefties, you only have three left-handed pitchers on the 40-man roster. Yeah. It's what? Bernardino, uh, Murphy, and Walter? Um, No, Joe Jakes as well. Jakes, no, whatever. But I mean, he's on the forty man. You said three. The, yeah, four. I know. I didn't say forty man. Good, good. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. As much as we don't have faith in him, he was speaking good of in the forty man. Quick, real quick, they still the Red Sox still have a forty man spot open. Um. Yeah. Well, no, technically, because they can't technically put him on the. They can't put Hendricks on the sixty day. They yet. can in a day or two. Yeah, in a couple, in a few days. Yeah, they will have a forty man spot open basically. Uh. Also, too, is he the um, only guy you're gonna put on the 60 right now? On the 60 day right now, I think so, right? Yeah, unless someone gets injured, he's the only guy. I just did a look up and down their horse. They gotta the trade Kenley. They gotta trade Kenley. I think I honestly, I would not be shocked. I think it's. I think it makes sense. The problem is the rumor is the Red Sox don't want to eat money on that trade, and if they're not gonna eat money, I feel yeah. like it makes it too hard. Like it makes it hard to trade them for. Anything. I think that's a leverage play. I think that's I think very much is. a replica. I think that's just a leverage play. But I'd rather, but here's the, I'd rather eat money and get more a bigger return. I, I'd rather eat money and get an upside guy. Exactly. Exactly. Get a starting pitching prospect. Get keep, yes, keep him yes. coming. Keep him coming. You know why not? And that right. I mean, he just seems so down right now. No, is it me? Yeah, I mean, he's pissed off about these rumors. He's just like, I just want to fucking pitch. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, I just, I have no clue what to feel like with Kenley because it's like, in one sense, it's like, yeah, it's like he's a, he can be our closer and whatnot. But on the other side, I'm just like, I'm just like, please like trade him and like get something for him because it's like they can, someone else can close. Right. Oh, that, that's, that's the biggest part. Someone else can, though. Get someone else. But that that's half the reason I don't really like the Hendricks trade is, like, you need a long-term closer. Hendricks Liam is 35. Hendricks. So? He's 35. He's old. But relievers can pitch when they're older. Fernando okay. Robbie pitched till he was, like, 70, okay? Like. And he's still going, though. No, I don't think not, not in the big. Uh, no, he's not. No, that was exaggerated. But he's way gone. But but you get the point I'm making. I do get the point. Yeah. In the terms of like, I very well could see. Um, I I very well could see like Hendricks coming because you look at Hendricks numbers like 2019 was it 2019 Oof. through 2022 he was very good, and like yes. Fernando Rodney pitched till he was 42 I... and was closing through 2018 when he was 41. Like. I'm not. I just have the stat. I just have the stat. Give me a second. But it was like he was really good. Like 
Yeah. In 2022, he ranked in the 99th percentile in whiff percentage and the 98th percentile in K percentage. He throws hard, generates swing and miss. Another guy who fully fits the Breslow profile. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And also, too, like I said, too, with him, it's like like he's a closer. He very well can pitch, you know, later. he doesn't. It's not like he's going to fall off because he's 35. I mean, everyone falls off at a different time, but, like, it's not unheard of for relievers to pitch deep in their, into their career like deep into their thirties. So, and even maybe into their forties and like Chris Martin's what? 36, 37, like 39. Uh, he's 37. Chris Martin is like 10. And he just had the best year of his career. Chris Martin, you know, oh Kenley's God. 36, right? Like and Kenley's still good. He's not great, but he's still good. Right. You know, yeah. and that's the thing with Liam Hendricks. Like Hendricks has had a better season than Kenley has more recently, you know, 2022 for Hendricks. You know, and I think, I think when you look at like Hendricks, if they have him for two more years after this year, like that's your closer for the next two years because Martin's up after this year. Yeah, Hendricks is that so guy. And Jansen. Well, yeah, but I very well could see Jansen getting traded. Like I don't know if Martin gets traded, at least not until the deadline. Uh, that's an interesting conversation because. <laughs> If there's an offer, I'd, I'd trade Martin not for the sake of like, okay, he's on an expiring deal coming off a season where he got a Cy Young vote. Don't trade him for the hell of it. I'd only trade him if you get an offer you can't turn down. See, I'd rather trade Jansen. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. Like in terms of like, not not that you're going to get as much of a return, but the thing with Martin is if Martin has, has another really good year, they very you very well can go in and be like, yeah, he's had, you know, yeah, he, like Mark, when the big one, Martin's like, yeah, he's had a great year. At the deadline, there'll only be about like $3 million left on his deal and whatnot or so, something like that. And, yeah, and so, the other thing is you can wait till the deadline because it's going to be another seller's market with this new expanded playoffs. Exactly. Right? And they, and it's, it's, this is the year two for the Red Sox. If you're going to sell this, like, not, I'm not saying like give up on this year, but like if you're going to sell, this is like the last year I feel like they really can. If that makes mm -hmm. sense, because next year you're hoping G Lito's still around. Although who knows, you know, with his you option. could ship him at the deadline. Really, they always could if he's pitching well. I say if, if he's pitching well and they suck, I'd I'd make the argument if he's pitching know. well. Do you want to look at extending him? Maybe. Mm, I, well, here's here's the other. I don't disagree with that, but like twenty. Remember twenty twenty two, he sucked. Right, twenty twenty three beginning, he was really good. But I think a lot – remember, he was good in, like, 2020 and 2021. I think his sticky – remember the sticky stuff thing? Then he went downhill. But, uh, no, because he was bad at the start of 22 as well. Oh, no, sticky stuff was what? Was that 21? 21. It was 21. Uh, but he was still good throughout 21, though. And I think for him, it's not like – well, Garrett – it's like, but let's say like sticky stuff. It's like Garrett Cole used sticky stuff and look at him, right? Like, he, he just won a Cy Young, so, like – I I think with the sticky stuff, like yes, you can it, you can become better with sticky stuff, but it's not like you're not going to be totally terrible if you don't have it. Like, and he was really bad in 22, and well, he was bad in 22, and he was really bad with the Angels and Guardians in 23. But he was still solid with the White Sox. Still had some solid starts with the White Sox. So I would lean more towards like Giolito, like being able to bounce back. I'm not banking on it, but I am expecting a bounce back year for him. Okay. That's reasonable. Um, I think also what you're looking at, too. Look. Oh, there we go. I think another thing that you're looking at with Giolito is fastball, fastball, fastball. Yep. You, you need – if that doesn't improve, yeah, you're done. You're not, he's not going to be good. And if he sucks, that's even worse. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with G. Lito. If you take out his first two starts of the year, because his second start, he gave up seven earned and four innings. And you take out his last two starts with the White Sox, because he gave up eight earned in a second to last start, which was, I think, the day he got divorced, which is wild. Uh, 17 starts. If you take out his first two starts with the White Sox and his last two, just and do those middle 17 starts, excluding the first two and last two. 17 starts for Giolito, 103 innings. He had he did give up 15 home runs, 17 starts, but that's like typical Giolito numbers if you look at his career. 
He had a 296 ERA. 413 FIP. FIP was a little high, but still, like, I think like that's very solid. Very, very solid. And so for Giolito, when I look at him, I look at it and I go, you know what? Like, yeah, Babip, you know, 242 Babip is not sustainable. But you take that and go, all right, maybe, you know, you can very well see him being around a 350 ERA guy, which is kind of what he was when he was at his best. Right. I don't know, man. It it that's I gotta watch this year. A lot of them, a lot of these guys are. Yeah. I'm most we, we we talked about guys who we're most excited for. Um, he's he's one of them for me. Yeah, especially well, I'm I'm especially excited for him because they have Bailey there <clears> and they brought in Justin Willard and you have Kyle Bodie and you have Breslow at the top. Like, I think the whole the entire pitching side of things in general, but like. And so that's why I'm excited for Chile, but I'm also just excited for the pitching philosophy and whatnot and just everything on the pitching side of things. What you know, fuck? when, when Capital Andrew one Bain- just acquired, we have breaking news. What? It's a, it's a, someone acquiring someone. You ready? What? Capital one's acquiring discover. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no. Yeah, All right. Like- continue. But no, like, um, no, what? I'm excited for like the just the pitching like infrastructure side of things and whatnot and all that stuff and I think that's like for me like what I'm truly excited about and it's big leagues and minor leagues like I'm excited about the pitching side of things and all that. I I am too. Um, my 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 biggest question is how long is this rotation sustain going to be sustainable for? You know, I, I had a take is that Cooper Criswell is going to make at least five starts come August 1st. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because what if he surprises and is really and actually does well and is solid? Like, that's the take thing. That, take that how you will. It's one of those things like, take yeah. that how you will. But no, but what I'm saying is because like, he is stretching out to start in spring training, I'm pretty sure. So, like, I, like, I say, like, you never know. What if he wins the fifth starter spot? Like, it very well could happen. Right, you know. I'm I mean, too, it's, and I, I'm, I'm it's hard. Because it's it hard because not. pitchers aren't really using all their stuff in spring training. Yeah, but the Red Sox can like see and they know, like they know who's True. really gonna who's looking good and re- who Bobby Dahlbeck's gonna be the king of Fort Myers again. Oh my gosh! I think there's a chance it could be Rafaela this year. It probably will be. Probably will be. I think he might have a JBJ type spring training. Remember 2013 JBJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The year <laughs> that he absolutely shouldn't have made the team, and he did. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. Because he had the most outrageous spring training I'm, I think I've ever seen. If I wasn't mistaken, he had a decent, like, first game. Yeah. No? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking up at. Let's talk, Jackie Riley Jr. Let's see. Can I find a spring training stuff? I don't even know if it's possible to find. It's probably somewhere. I don't know. If it's it's somewhere, but I don't know where the heck I would find it. Like I don't know where I would find that. Point being, it's it's somewhere, and yes, I want to find it though. That's the thing. I do want to find it. I just don't know. Just look at Barry Bonds stand and say, yep, that's what he did in spring training. Yeah. Leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, do that. I don't know. Many, any thoughts? Think we've nailed. We we talked about all this shit yesterday. And I, I mean, myself. I mean, but still, no, but we can expand. Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Schreiber trade. We didn't we just do that? No, in terms of like, I don't know, David Sandlin. Let's talk about him. Boom. Yeah. I'm excited. I That trade made no sense for the fucking Royals. No, it did not. I've, I've, <laughs> said, I've said this, and it's just like, I feel like the Royals are just like, at, they're adding mid to bad, and like, how good are you really going to be? Like... <laughs> I mean, they had Hunter Renfro, Michael Walker, Seth Lugo, Lugo, Garrett Hampson. Yep. 
just a bunch John of John Schreiber. Uh, Schreiber, yep. John Schreiber. Um, and they, and they Adam traded Frazier. Up? Oh, wow. Will Smith. Boo. Adam Frazier, who's what, what, 35 at this point? Uh, 32. Um, Will Smith. Uh, Nick oh, Anderson. Wow. Chris oh, wow. Stratton. They oh, traded wow. for Kyle Wright. They added Kyle Sandy Wright isn't Leone. Bad. Sandy Leone or non-roster oh, invite. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mike Brasso, they brought him back from Japan. Mike Brasso, Tampa uh, Bay Rays 2020 legend and 2021 yes. platoon legend. Yes. Uh, love that guy. Ryan Fitzgerald, uh, uh, rule, five, minor league, rule five. Minor league. I love Fitzy, but like, <laughs> that's, yeah. He's that, versatile yeah. at least. Has some pop, but they, like, it confuses me more and more. The more and more I look at it, their rotation is so ass. Because it's just, like you, 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 you traded arguably your top pitching prospect for a thirty-year-old relief pitcher who had one good season, who I was know. picked off of waivers two years ago and transformed into a good pitcher. Who's proud? Who had a ERA of 4.85 in the second half? Who doesn't have a track record of sustaining great success? Yeah, success. success. Yeah. yeah, no, it's literally stupid. It's what it is. Like, I, I don't understand like the point. In some sense, like I don't understand like the point of the, of what the Royals are doing as a whole, because like they, here's the thing. It's like you have Bobby Witt Jr. You have Vinny Pasquantino. Um, you have MJ Melendez. Salvi's still there. Red Sox it's killer. Like Michael Massey wasn't bad last year. He was all right. 15 homers. Um, like Nelson Velasquez was all right last year. He's 25, right? Like, so it's like, uh, it's like there's a, some, like Adam Frazier was all right last year with both. He was all right last year. Not great, but all right. Like, Raggins was good once he got there, but it's like, outside of that, it's, it's I like Cole Reagans. I like Cole Reagans. I do, but, like, it's, it, it is rough. That's the guy they like, gave up for Chapman, correct? I think so, yeah. We're, but Ra- we're, Raggins we're, was rough when he, it was rough when he was at the Rangers last year. Yeah, still, so, though, I mean. Well, still, no, still, but, like, so, like, there is part of Part of me that's like, okay, is he going to be able to keep that up? Because if he can, great. But like, because he's still wait, wait, yeah. he hasn't but done that's it. For a, that's a off topic, team. but but yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the point. Yeah. You know, can we? Oh, can, if Jeff, if Jeff, if you're listening, too bad. Um, can we just agree that Casas is like Casas doesn't need to prove himself this year? Yeah, like he already proved himself last year. That's what the I most feel. Part. For I, the most I, part. I he needs to prove I, himself in the in the in the uh, perspective of like multiple seasons, like yeah, multiple seasons. But like for one season, like I think last year covers it because I think there's a misconception on Casas of how well, how good, how long he was actually good for last year because everyone looks on this. Oh, he was good from midseason onwards, but that's when May. his number. That's when his no, not even end of May. You could look at from the beginning of May. You could like. It's yeah. Li- like, yeah, like you could pretty much all outside of April. Like if you go to Costas's numbers, right. It's basic from like May onwards. It's, you know, and like, yeah, was his May not great? Like that no, was May was still a little rough, but at the same time you, you look at, you know, in May, yeah, 766 OPS. It's not great, but it was the start, right? If that makes sense. If, for example, if your first month of a season you had a 766 OPS, and then the next months you did what Casas did for the next what four or five months, it would still be a great season all around. It's just because Casas had April that was so rough, right? I guess because like a 766 OPS, it's not great, but it's I'd say it ends up being around league average, right? Yeah. Around. So one month he was league average, and then the other months after that he was above league average, you know? So, I like, I think that's why when I say, like, you could arguably count count the entire month of May pretty much because his first game where he really kind of, like, turned it on and had a good game was the second game of May on May 3rd where he had a three-hit game. 
if you go from May 3rd onwards through the end of the season, uh, Casas played in um, 106 games, and he hit 293 with a 922 OPS, 21 homers, 18 doubles, um, and 57 RBIs. That's 106 games. Like To me, 106 games is more than enough of a sample size at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, when we talk about, like, guys who, like, who are, like, maybe, like, are they, like, kind of, like, a one-hit wonder or whatnot? Like, like Michael Chavis had, like, two good months, and that was it, right? Uh, even Bobby Dahlbeck had, like, two good months, right? And that was it. People think of the 2021 and look, oh, my God, he had 25 home runs. Yeah, he hit, like, 18 of them in the last, like, in, like, a two-month span or something. Like, so it's, like. Yeah, it was twenty five. I think he hit like fifteen and two month in like two in a two month span. So it's like Dahlbeck had really like two good months, and that was it. So I also quick note: who's the backup first baseman right now? Dahlbeck is it, or is it Reyes? No, it's Dahlbeck. You think it's Dahlbeck? I, I mean, Dahlbeck. I've talked. To, I've talked to people who said. I mean, we had. Um, Sammy James on quick plug vote follow play testing him. He said, you know, if Casas is going to be the everyday first baseman, why are we going to waste a roster spot on Bobby Dahlbeck? If Pablo Reyes can, he has a little bit of experience there. If, you know, if you had to get him off his feet one day, you can just but, have him, but you know, the argument for Reyes is versatility, but Dahlbeck has proved he can be versatile in AAA. So like, and you need a backup third baseman. That's what exactly. I Exactly. And Bobby Dahl and Bobby Dahl can do that. Bobby Dahlbeck also can play some outfield. He actually looked good in the outfield oh, in Worcester last year. No, I mean he looked good in the outfield in Worcester. Looked really good in right field in Worcester. Not like great, but like considering the fact he's never played outfield before, he looked good. Um, What's his arm? It, former third baseman who used to throw 90 off the mound. He's got a good arm. And Kike Hernandez. Okay. Wasn't you Kike know. short a third baseman? Once, he played whatever. a little bit of third, but he okay. can't. Oh, he did throw off the mound. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. So his arm was definitely good. Yeah. Dal- yeah. Dalbeck was throwing like in the nineties in college. How, they should have him pitch. Right. I've been saying <laughs> may- people have been. Carabas has been saying that for years. Yeah. But, I mean, I've been saying Verdugo for years, but yeah, yeah, looks. I'd love to see the Yankees throw him on the mound. Well. This year isn't the first Yankee Red Sox game at Fenway. I think it Maybe. is. Maybe I'm not sure on that. I can check. For the past uh, a lot of years, it's been at the other Yankee Stadium. Yankees. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure first, it's at Fenway. The first game against the Yankees. Um, yeah, June 14th at Fenway. June fourteenth. Yep. You're 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 kidding. No, they play the Yankees June fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, that at Fenway. Then July fifth, sixth, and seventh at Yankee Stadium. Then July twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth at Fenway. And then September twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Damn. Oh, it's gonna be a long season. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. I, do I get MLB TV? I'm, I can't get MLB TV because I I'm only gonna need a month, and I'm trying but, to find a VPN for Boston because I have Nesson, but I can't do it. But do you watch other games that aren't Red Sox games? Not. I, I was when I had MLB TV. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like for me, like. I have MLB TV, but I still have it, even though I'm up, like I'm up in mass for school. But like, I like I watch Diamondback. Games. You can get I'll it for watch. free. You got it for free at the end of the year, didn't you? Because uh, there, there was a no. thing for like students got it for free, um, for the end of the 2023 season. But no, but I already had I already had it though. I had it in general because in Florida, I get that's how I got to watch White Sox games. Uh But like even up here, like I'm just like. It's like what? It's like no, because I'll, I'll still use it for Diamondbacks games. I'll use it for other games too. Because like, I'll I'll still watch baseball even when the Red Sox aren't playing. Like I'll I'll put I'll put a game on 
The only team I won't watch right now up until the end of the school year is the Braves because my roommate's a Braves fan. And, yeah, no, you're not getting the privilege of watching a Braves game. I'm not trying to get noise complaints. <laughs> no offense. No offense, man, but I'm not trying to get a noise complaint. I'll figure that out. Um. Yeah. You want to say anything else? I mean, we've been going for 30. 35 minutes. It's been uh, just a low key. Just been a low key, just yeah, debrief. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Hardcore. Just something to update. You know, I have nothing else better to do tonight. <laughs> I mean, update. Um, we were talking about this before the show, but uh, on NHL 24, I won a <laughs> Stanley Cup with my Bruins franchise in the third season. So, ha. I guess I'm uh, better than the Bruins executives because it only took me three years, and it's taken the Bruins however and many you didn't years. Choke. No, I didn't choke. Didn't choke. Although my team, I was so tell scared. Me, tell though, us what you the, did with the team. So I'll, so I'll put it like this. After the trade deadline in my cup-winning year, we lost the first six games after the deadline, and I was like, what the hell did I, did I screw up this team? Right. So essentially, my first move was to trade Jake DeBust right off the get-go before any games were played. I traded him for Mason Appleton and um, someone and a third-round pick. Uh, I'm forgetting who the other guy is uh, already somehow (laughs) Uh, because he's not on the team anymore. Um, uh, I could probably go back and try and find it because I texted it to you guys, I'm pretty sure. Um, Maybe I I don't remember. But essentially, I – by the third season, I ended up – so I traded after the first season. I traded up in the draft because the Bruins don't have their first-round pick this year because they traded it in the Bertuzzi trade. Oh. So they don't have their first-round pick. So uh, I think they, I think that's why they don't have it. Um, so I traded, um, I traded up into the 14th pick, and then from the 14th pick, I traded up to the 8th pick because the Blackhawks – had so the Blackhawks ended up with the second, eighth, and tenth picks. So I moved up from I moved to 14, and then I ended up moving up from 14 to 8. And I used it to s- select Berkeley Catton, um, who is uh, I think I forget what is I forget what he's doing this year. Um, I forget, but he essentially became he I sent him to back to juniors for one year. Um, but so I sent him back to juniors for one year, but he eventually ended up being my second line center. Um, then the next year I traded, so I traded, had to trade, um, Swayman not to, uh, New Jersey to get the 14th pick. And then I traded the 14th pick and like some, like, I think I traded like the fourth in some run random, like a random prospect that like, because I needed to just, I don't know. I just, I don't know why I just trade some like random prospect with a tiny little bit of trade value. I think I traded like the 14th pick and then like a second maybe for the eighth pick. And I got cat cat. actually this year he's playing in the, uh, where is he playing? It doesn't say he's 2024 draft eligible. Doesn't. Oh, he's playing with the Spokane chiefs in the WHL. Um, in 53 wow. games, he's got 40 goals and 47 points right now. Uh, in real life. Um, so then the next year, I eventually, um, I traded for Anthony Duclair at the deadline too. Um, then the next year comes around and, you know, I ended up, team made the playoffs, got knocked down the second round by the Lightning. I ended up trading uh, up into, because I traded Charlie Coyle at some point, I think that year. I ended up tra- trading up to the fifth overall pick and I selected Porter uh, Martone, I think is how it is, how it's, how it's pronounced. I think it's Porter Martone. Um, but he is, uh, he's a right winger. He's actually six, three. Um, in real life, he's playing for the Mississauga Steelheads in the OHL. Um, he's a 2025 draft prospect. And right now he's at 63 points in 53 OHL games. Um, so there was that. And then after, and then I ended up winning the Stanley cup with my team of my lines were so my first line was, uh, Lysel, Patra and pasta was my first line. My second line was Anthony Duclair, um, Berkeley Catton, and Porter uh, Porter Martone. My third line, I had Marchand on the third line. And here's where I'll get my third line center in a second. I had Morgan Geeky on the right wing. Then I had Georgie Merkulov, Atu Roddy, and Mason Appleton on my fourth line. My 
defense was Lindholm, McAvoy, Essa Lindell. I'll get to my second right, right-handed defenseman in a second. And then I had Brady Skay and Brandon Carlo with Olmark and Anton Forsberg as my goalies. Essentially what happened was I signed Lindell. I had signed – actually, no, I traded Victor Olofsson to move up in the 2025 draft because I had signed him the year before. Um, so essentially um, – at the deadline in my third season, I was second in the division behind the Lightning. And I was just like, I need to make a push. I get to the deadline in the game. They have like this deadline thing and it has like just all the players like on the like the teams have on the block. I go to the Penguins and it says Sidney Crosby and Eric Carlson are on the block. So I flip Pavel Zaka, who is my third line center, and I flipped um uh who was it? Uh, Chris Tanev, who was my third right-handed defenseman. And then I also traded two first-round picks. And I think I may have also thrown in like a third-round pick or something. Something to get the deal across the line to the Penguins for Eric Carlson, who became my second uh, right-handed defenseman, second pair. And then Sidney Crosby became my third-line center, essentially. So my third line was Marchant Crosby and then Morgan Geeky. And I ended up, I almost lost. And I went first round, went six games uh, against Montreal. Second round. Montreal. Was, yeah. Mont- Montreal has been like sneaky good. They made the playoffs each year in my, in my franchise. Um, then this is in the third season. This is the 25, 26 season. Uh, then I beat Tampa Bay in four games. Then I faced the devils who I had traded Jeremy Swayman to, and he had won a Vesna with the devils. I've swept them in four games. And then I got to the Stanley Cup final. I, for, I forget who I played in the Cup final, actually. It's funny enough. I forget who I was playing. Um, I don't remember. But we swept 4 nothing. Uh, got to do the Cup celebration. It was great. Um, and then funnily enough, the next year, I traded up for the first overall pick. <laughs> Figures. Um, and so I... Uh, uh, who was it that I picked? I picked um, it's um, oh, what's his face? Oh my god, Why the guy who talking? has like yeah, Gavin McKenna, Gavin, yeah, Gavin McKenna. McKenna, yeah, fifteen year old currently, yeah. Oh, he's sixteen now, but this is his age fifteen season. He turned sixteen in December. <laughs> in fifty games in the WHL with the Medicine Hat Tigers, he has twenty eight goals and fifty three points. <laughs> I mean, 53 assists for, 80, for 81, points. 81 points in 50 games in the WHL. Yeah. The guy's insane. Like, the 2026 NHL draft, like, get ready. He actually played I He no, played no, 16 games in the WHL last year at, as a 16-year-old, and it was his age 15 season. No, it was age 14 season as a 15-year-old he was playing. And Where's he, played, he from? Like, what? Uh, 16 market? games at 18 points. Uh. He's probably place for the medicine. Part of Canada. Uh, White Horse. Um, what's YT? What province is YT? YouTube. I don't know. I don't know what province. YouTube. Yeah, that part of Canada. Uh, uh, Yukon. 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 Yeah, that's where it is. But yeah, so that's he like was the, my. That's where like what Vancouver is. So I, no. I think uh, no, I think it's like more northern and eastern. More northern. No, it's more northern. Yeah. Northern. Yeah. But he's so he and Gabe, I drafted him. And he was an 84 overall with medium franchise potential. And I'm like, okay, you're going straight on my second line. Um <laughs> so I ended up having to trade Morgan Geeky, which I know Jason doesn't like. I didn't like it either. Damn but it, I needed dude. I needed the money to re-sign Marshand and Crosby. Crosby wasn't. I got Crosby for four and a half million on a one-year deal. Marshan ended up signing for five and a half million. Um, and then I uh, and then I started Martin Netches in free agency on a one-year deal for nine point two million. Because uh, for whatever reason, he only wanted a two-year deal, and I'm like, uh, I'll give you a one-year deal for like nine point two million. And then so I have Netches for one year while I uh, still have Patra and. So I sell Patra on a rookie contract, and I still have like all my draft picks on rookie contracts <laughs> because I have. Um... So Fabian Lysel, I gave him an eight-year extension at four point eight million a year. 
and he's my first line left wing, and he just had wait, 75 wait, You should points. say, you should say, well, why did Marshan originally want? Yeah, Marshan originally wanted seven and a half million as a 38 year old, and I'm like, uh, no, like I'm not giving you that. Like I was prepared to let him walk to free agency and try and sign him in free agency, but he ended up coming down to like five and a half, and I'm like, fine. Like there's five and a half. Um, although I will say, <laughs> the funny thing was, so I'm, I'm sitting in a. I'm sitting in the, like the preseason portion. Um, so I had like, a, uh, what's his face? Uh, Merkulov, right? He was my fourth line left winger. He ended up not even making the team in the uh, for the fourth season because he can't play defense in the game. He's got like no defensive stats. And I have Daniil Butt, who is... Uh, Daniil Butt? Who is, yeah, the 12th overall pick for the Coyotes in 2023. Um, he's a... He's a it's funny his stats in the game. He's got like no, he's got like three star skill moves and whatnot. He's got like three star shot. He's got like five star physicals. Just like super high aggression, like super like just like hits the crap out of everyone. He's like massive. And I'm like, okay, yep, you can be my uh, third line right winger. My so in the fourth season, the fourth season, my first line is uh, Lysel, Patra, and Pasternak. My second line is the young guys, so McKenna, Catton, and Martone. My third line is. Duclair Martin Neches, who I signed in free agency, like I said, for 9.2 million. He's on my third line, He's my third line center. And then Daniel Butt. And then my fourth line is Marshand Crosby and Aturati. Yes, Marshand and Crosby are on the fourth line. They're 80, they're both 84 overalls, but Crosby is my lowest rated center, and Marshand's one of my lowest rated uh, wingers, which is wild. I still Seems hold Mark in that. Yeah, it's wacky. And like my defense, I have McAvoy and Lindholm as the first pairing. Then Which Brady, is shit in real life. Yeah. Like Brady Skay moved up to the second pairing to pair with Carlson. And then Essa Lindell's on the third pairing with Carlo with Carlo. Like Lindell, I gave five. Uh I gave uh, no sorry, I gave Brady Skay five years, five and a half million. <laughs> then I gave Lindell a one year deal originally for six point three, and then he wanted to re-sign, and I got him for like a three year deal for like four and a half. <laughs> Real quick, look at you. What Jeremy just sent to the chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is it nicknames? McDavid's nicknames for Connor McDavid, McJesus, Jesus. Con McLightning, McDad, Canadian Super Pro, <laughs> the truck, McSavior, McFluff, McDreamy, McLightning, like Careless McWhisperer, McChicken. Collar and then in Collar McBroken Mick ineligible McDaddy <laughs> This is turn of the hockey show. To be fair, I call him McJesus. So like that one's fair. I call him McDavid. Nah, I could call her Connor McJesus. That's oh I'm gonna what, call him McDaddy. You should have seen what pissed me off, right? The only reason I traded up for the number one pick to get uh, McKenna, Gavin McKenna, you know why? Why? Guess who got the number one pick? Who? Chicago. Oh, shit. I was like, because the first, so they have Bedard. The first year, they missed out on the first pick. They dropped from one to two, but they still got Cole Iserman. I'm like, oh, come on. I'm like, at least they didn't get Celebrini, but still. Then in the... uh, then in the third year, they had another. I think they had like the third pick or something. Then in the uh, then the cutting into the fourth year, they got the first pick, and I'm like, I cannot let them pair Bedard and Eiserman and whatnot with McKenna. I'm like, I cannot allow it. <laughs> so yeah. as the uh, Stanley Cup team, I uh, as the Stanley Cup winning team, I just traded up for the first pick. I traded five. Essentially, I had to trade for the second pick, right? Which was. Um, oh, I, th- I forget what team had the second pick, but I had to trade up for the second pick because for whatever reason they had it on the trade block. I don't know why, but they did. So I did it because it makes it easier to trade for. So I traded four first round picks and Morgan Geeky. And then I traded the second pick, uh, my medium elite potential goalie uh, and a third round pick to get the first pick. So I could stop. Nice. So Chicago, they did only drop to the second pick, but the guy they took was like a 77 overall with medium elite potential. McKenna was an 84 overall with 
uh, medium franchise potential. So I was just like, I was like, I was just like, yeah, I'll take the. Uh, I'm not letting Chicago become a dynasty. Although I do think my next franchise mode is going to be the uh, Blackhawks. Just of course it is, and you're going to win the draft lottery every year. Yes, because I want to use Bedard. No, I also just want to use Bedard. But yes, I will make sure I get. How, how many games do you play a season in franchise mode? I typically play the first game, and that if I'm really doing the legit franchise, I'll just play the first game and then sim out after that. But it depends. Like if I'm just if it's a different if a franchise just kind of haven't want to have fun, I might play like ten games a year, but. I typically like to kind of stick myself into the team building aspect and just play the first game and then mm-hmm. dip. And well, stay. there you have it. Derek McGuire with his best, best GM in NHL 24 history. Go, go hire him. Bruins fire Don Sweeney. Although to be fair, if you want, you're going to have to sit through a year of Maxime Comtois and Mason Appleton being on the first line with Pasternak. Cause that did happen in the first season. It's better than Zaka. They need a, yeah. they just need they need they don't have a Bruins talk quickly. They don't have a first line center. They don't have a second line center. They don't have a true first line. They have a solid second line. Then they have a bunch of third and fourth line guys. I could I think Zaka could be a second line center, but like you need to have like Marshan on his wing. Yeah. Or, or like they definitely need a first line center. Coyle is no better than a third line center, in my opinion, which is like my thing is like I tried to like for me I had to trade away Coyle because he's making like five point something million and like I'm not paying that for a third line center. Although I, I'm paying Crosby four and a half million to be on my fourth line and Marshan five and a half to be on my fourth line too, but that's different. Veteran leaders, but also too like I have like five players on rookie contracts on my on my forwards out of my forwards. So like, and four of them are in my top six. So like, does it really matter? I'm paying. I and I'm paying. Uh, I am paying uh, Netchus nine point two million to be my third line center, but that's besides the point. Nice, <laughs> but he's also my first line power on my first uh, power play group. So, well, you should just trade for McDaddy. Honestly, I could have traded McKenna for him, and I kind of considered it, but I'd be like, that's kind of cheating for McDaddy. Yeah, I felt like it was cheating. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I just, I just felt like it wasn't. I tried to keep it semi-realistic, so like, I wasn't gonna trade for McDavid. Fair. I in my semi-realistic, I still traded up in like every draft to pick a good young player, but still. (laughs) Any final thoughts? Um, I'm excited for the Red Sox. I hope the Bruins start to. Figure it out and crazy well. game today. Yep. Yes, very crazy. Um, but they had only won one game in February so far, so I was a little nervous. Um, no, they won two. That, yeah. Well, well now so it's not two. any better. It's not any better. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I mean, I am excited for the Red Sox, and hopefully they, uh, you know, figure it out and whatnot. Yeah. Well. For Derek, for Jack, who wasn't here, for all the Off the Monster crew, for McDaddy, I'm Jason Stolakis. <laughs> Thank you McDaddy. for... McDaddy. Yeah, we're ending it there. 